Hi, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Leslie Strachan Show. I'm highly honored today to be able to introduce Shannon Maitland to you, who is the CEO of her own business and is going to talk to us today about her stories about using success principles. So Shannon is a dynamic, engaging presenter who makes learning fun, which is we all want to do, don't we? She brings decades of career experience and expertise, formal academic training and life experiences into her work, combining best practice research with relatable examples. She does a fantastic job of breaking down difficult concepts into simple ideas that anyone can understand, and that's super important. She's the author of A Busy Woman's Breakthrough, a straightforward guide to taking back your time and easing your stress. So I'm going to buy it in a minute because <laughs> I need to ease my stress. Uh, Shannon's also a certified Canfield trainer in the success principles, helping people around the world define and achieve their life streams. She's also been a leader in large and small charitable organizations. So Shannon, who is it that you kind of work with? Could you mm -hmm. just let us know a little bit about that? Sure, Leslie. Thank you for having me today. You're welcome. I work with nonprofits um, and then I also work with individuals. So I do a little bit of both because I feel like the personal touch and growing ourselves helps grow our business. Absolutely right. And I see you work with uh, women, especially busy women and, and mothers. Um, <laughs> Those women are my target, um, my target audience, because as a woman and as a mother, I recognize how many constraints we have on our time and how busy we can be. And it's so easy to get pulled in 10 different directions at once. So I really try to focus on working with women to, you know, help ease their stress and, and help them, uh, you know, look at their assignments and determine which ones are the biggest priority. Yeah, that's, that's quite important, isn't it? Because we have so many different areas and threads of our life if you like that it's actually hard to decide what is important isn't it oh sometimes it really is especially with kids and and work and it's like oh my goodness I'm only one person how can I do all of this yeah. um, so so over the years I've really honed in my focus and and spend that time either every night or every morning looking at what do I need to do today what could I do? Um, and then the same thing with my clients, helping them, you know, look at all of their tasks and deciding what can I delegate? What must be done by me? What's that critical breakthrough goal that if I do this one piece, everything else is going to fall into place. And are there things that really I don't need to do or I can do later? Yeah. And how, how do you, how do you kind of prioritize that for yourself? How do you decide those things? Hmm. So, um, I'm very much a, a handwriting person, um, that tactile, I need to have things in my hands. So I have this book I created, um, The Busy Woman's Breakthrough, really came um, from worksheets I was making myself as I was going through the, the success principles training. And uh, Jack Canfield kept saying, you know, focus on the top five things that you need to do today. So I kept making myself these sheets and I thought, hmm, maybe I should just put these things together. And so, um, in my book, I have, uh, a sh you can see here, like daily reflections yes. from oh. the night before, yeah. and then the uh, intention for the day, and then writing out the top five priorities for the day. So I go ahead and spend time, I prefer to do it in the evening, once my house is quiet, the kids are asleep, before I go to bed, I'm really just look at my calendar, 
for the day and even for the week and really think about, okay, what must I get done? And that way I make that commitment. I give myself a time frame, um, and then it, it happens. Whereas if I don't write it down, you know how easy it is to get sidetracked with emails and phone calls and things. And then you're like, wait, I didn't get anything done on my to-do list. Um, so for me, writing it down is key. And I know that the neuroscience says something happens in your brain instead of just thinking about it when you actually write it down, like there's a whole process that happens. Yeah, that's really interesting because with, within the Canfield work as well, you get what you focus on, don't you? Mm-hmm. So, so when you're writing things down, is that, are they short-term things that you need to achieve tomorrow or are they longer-term goals? How does that work for you? Mm. So I do a little bit of both. So I designed the book to go for four weeks because I thought, okay. okay, if I can just look at things one month at a time, it's enough and longer, long-term enough, but still like short-term and tangible. And so at the beginning of the month, I look at what do I need to get done this month to, you know, accomplish for the month and, and to feed into my long, longer-term goals. And then I have uh, the daily reflections and the daily priorities And then I also have a weekly section. So Sunday nights are the best time for me to do it. So Sunday evenings, I look at the week ahead. I map out my schedule. I think about the things that I need to get done. Um, So so it's a little combination. So I've got the month, I've got the week, and then I've got the day. And then then, then do you actually go, are you religious in, in that you go through those tasks every day and complete them? I am trying my best (laughs) to do that. Uh, So when I go in the evening, I spend about a half hour just kind of writing things out, reflecting on the day, what went well, what I'd like to do differently and looking at what I'm going to do. I like to go back and check. Yes, I did this. Yes, I did that. Oh man, I didn't get to this one. Let me move this to to today's list or the next day's list. Um, I think that's the hardest part for me is that going back um, as a natural writer and someone who's always journaled I'm much more of an output person than like remembering to go back and look so I've had to be very mindful of that Um, but over the course of the past year I've started my own business Um, I also have a a daytime job I've done coaching I published this book in English and a book in Spanish Um, so I I moved across the country so I've done a lot of things and I really attribute to everything being so smooth and all the successes to really focusing in on what do I want and how am I going to make it happen and being as diligent as possible to go back and say yes I did this no, I didn't, and I need to do this, or let's just cross this one off the list. Mm. <laughs> what, what do you think the difference is between um, people like us trainers, Jack Hanfield trainers, between us journaling and writing things down and, and, and achieving things and people who just think about doing it? What do you think the difference is between them? When folks just think about things, it seems to just kind of rattle in their brain as more of a dream or a wish. Um, but when you actually write things down, it, it can feel real. It feels tangible. Like again, that neuroscience, something is happening. And especially I love how Jack Canfield has you envision like as if it already happened, where I know that I was one of those folks who were like in the future, I'm going to do this, or I will do that. And so it always seemed like something later. And when putting yourself in that space of I've already done this, or I am doing this right now 
really does change the psychology behind all of it. And mm. I love, I love reading books and, and especially audiobooks because I'm busy. Um, so there's a book about the rewired brain and neuroplasticity and how, you know, your brain really can build new bridges. And the more that you're mindful, the more that you, um, you're thinking about your thinking and they call it metacognition, like the more you can be in that space, the more that you can guide your future versus just letting your emotions rule you. Um, so to answer your question, I think that when folks um, write goals out, it, they're much more intentional and mindful and grateful about what they have and what, where they want to be. Yes, Which, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you are right. right. Yeah. And then it adds to that success because you, you have that track record. It's kind of like why people wear, um, you know, Fitbits or things like that, because you can see, yep, <laughs> mine's on the charger, um, but being able to see, okay, I've done this many steps. Oh, well, I still need to do 2000. I better get out and go for a walk around the block. Um, having that, that track record, having those baseline data points, I think is so important to, to recognize all that you've accomplished and celebrate your successes and then go on to the next goal. Yeah. Have you ever come, come across people um, who, who don't subscribe to this point of view and say, I don't care, I'm just sort of going to float along and, and see what happens? Do you ever come across people like that? Absolutely. More in my personal life, um, some family and friends who, you know, just go with the flow and, and they're happy and content what they're doing. And, and I honor and respect that that's where they're at and that's where they want to be. Um, but in this work and in my career, I have met a lot of folks who are very ambitious and goal oriented. And it's always interesting to see the quality of life difference. And, you know, and sometimes people just go in with the flow. They're happy with that and maybe even happier than some of us who are overachievers and constantly striving for the next thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think what, what was lovely that I, I have the same philosophy as you, because on your website, you talk about those light bulb moments when you're talking to people. And I think it's such a joy for us as Canfield trainers to, to see people light up from inside and go, oh, yeah, I had thought about this, but actually putting it down on paper or a vision board is just something else to behold, don't you think? Oh, for sure. It's a whole different world. And, and those light bulb moments came from uh, me being a math tutor. I've been helping people with math homework since I was in like fifth grade. Um, when my, I was done and my teacher was like, okay, why don't you help the girl next to you? Um, later in high school, I was able to do that for a career um, and, and be able to get paid to help people with their homework. And I always just love that moment when there's someone looking at a math problem and they're like, uh, I don't understand this. It might as well be written in Swahili, like, please help. And finding that way to explain it to them in terms that they understand, especially if there's like a whiteboard and I can have a marker. Um, and then all of a sudden you just see it and they're like, oh, I get it, right? And then you practice and then they can do any kind of problem like that. So that's one example that you, I feel like can relate to almost anything in life. Once someone explains it to you in a way that you understand, once you understand that method and that process, that rhythm, then you can do anything. Oh, I completely agree with you. Uh, and because there are so many of the success principles, I think there's about 67 now, um, I wondered which one or two would you like to talk about today that have meant the most to you or to your clients? Mm -hmm. There are so many of them that I like, um, but the, the success principle about envisioning your goals um, is the one to me that really just 
it really resonates with me. Um, I believe it's principle seven, unleash the power of goal setting. Um, I think that when, when you have a vision and when you know what you want, or when you have someone guide you to figure out what you want, to me, there's just so much power in that. I'm a firm believer. If, if I can see it in my mind, I can make it happen. Um, and I've just found time and time again, that through conversation, one of the, one of the questions I like to ask people when they're at kind of this transition point, I've spent a lot of time in my career in, in academia and being a mentor. So there have been a lot of students who are like, what, I don't know what major I want to do, or I'm not sure what kind of career I want to get into. And so I always like to ask the question, you know, if you had a million dollars, right, if money wasn't an issue and you were just doing something for fun, maybe volunteering, what would you do? Like, how would you spend your money? How would you spend your time? And once we get to those like big dreams, right, maybe somebody wants to travel or one person um, decided that they wanted to be a taster at breweries. And so they went into the hospitality management field. Um, and that's actually a career where you can be a taster um, or like a sommelier with wine. Um, so, you know, figuring out those ideal fluffy big picture dreams, you know, if money wasn't an issue and then coming back to the reality and figuring out what are those steps in between. Um, in, in the nonprofit world, when it comes to strategic planning, um, the, this goal setting principle is huge because, um, you know, nonprofits usually have some sort of great, warm, fuzzy goal. Like we want, we want to help um, parents be better readers, or we want to help get kids ready for school. So that's like a great dream, but there's a lot of work that goes into that. Mm -hmm. So once you have that endpoint, you can do that reverse visioning and really like work backwards to say, okay, well, what do we need? Um, almost like a logic model. It's interesting, isn't it, that the, the, these third sector organisations do have this um, need to help people, but sometimes the clarity isn't there. But then that's the same. That's the same for um, like, the, like the person who wanted to be a beer taster. Did that, did that person actually envisage that that could be a proper job? At, at the beginning of our conversation, no, they thought that was just a hobby and something, you know, for fun on the weekends. But as we started looking through and doing some research, I'm a huge fan of giving my students homework. Mm. Um, so that was the homework is what kind of career fields are there out there if breweries are your thing. And so looking at all of the choices, looking at jobs available, looking at the salaries that match with those jobs um, was a huge eye opener for this student. And the fact that like there were people who could be part of the production, who could be the tasters. Now that wasn't like the only assignment, um, <laughs> of course, but that that was literally a component of jobs was like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. Um, I had another friend who was always uh, the one who wanted to help plan parties, whether it was a birthday party or, you know, just something fun with friends. Well, it turns out that you can go to college to be a party planner. There are certificates out there. And again, it was one of those like light bulb aha moments. Like I had no idea that that's what I could aim for my career. Like I thought that was just going to be something fun. I helped my friends and family with. Um, and so I think a lot of times having that guide, you know, to ask the right questions, get you thinking the right way, help point you to some resources is so important. And I've dedicated my career to to helping be that guide for folks. I don't ever want to tell people like, this is what you need to do. No. Um, 
if they ask my opinion, I'll give it, but, but helping give those resources and think about the options. And, and I feel like um, with a lot of folks, it stems from being that person you wish you had in your younger years. Yeah. Um, so I'm a first generation college student. My family was very supportive of me going to school and I was always good academically, but nobody really knew like how to navigate, you know, how to navigate admissions, how to pick a major, how to apply for financial aid, how, you know, all of this criteria. And so I'll tell you, Leslie, I feel like I learned the hard way. I feel like I took a lot of steps that, um, you know, it was like three steps forward and five steps backwards and then steps in the other direction. Um, so from all of those experiences, I feel like I learned a lot and those lessons stuck because I learned the hard way. Um, mm. So I've tutored and mentored thousands of students at this point. Um, and that, that, that must be very satisfying for you. It is for me. And, and to help those yeah. students, when, when, you, when you see Jack doing his on course, off course, um, mm -hmm. display and I, I, I sat there thinking yeah I've been off course so much of my life <laughs> and, and, and to have to give students more of a more of a straight line than, than the wiggly one we had to go through is just an amazing <laughs> gift that you have for these students isn't it absolutely and I think when we share our vulnerability and share that we didn't have all the answers and took that wiggly line I think those are the lessons that people listen to the most. I yeah. feel like when someone comes up and they're so composed, they're like, I knew from, you know, the age of three that I was going to be a professional musician. It's like, whoa, you did? Like, what's wrong with me? I didn't know. Mm. But I think when, when students, when we hear, you know, of these stories, like they didn't know what they were doing, they muddled through and all of a sudden, you know, all of this came together. But those have always resonated the most for me. And I think, um, not everybody, but I think a lot of folks it resonates with as well. Mm. Oh, and what, what are the sorts of comments that, you know, the people that you work with, what are the kinds of things they say to you after, after you've worked with them? Um, a lot of gratitude of, you know, this has been really helpful. Um, I always mix in little tips and feedbacks and resources, which people always enjoy. I wish I'd done this sooner. I never thought of that. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Um, are a lot of the tips that I get. Also, um, you know, just, just wanting to hear more, like how else can we engage with you? How else, you know, what else can you do? It seems like you do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. um, so that's always an honor. I, I came across this term recently that was new to me and it was like a light bulb moment and I had to research it further. Multi-potentialite, oh. right? Someone who has the potential to do lots of things. And when I was searching for a, a new job and I thought, oh, well, this makes so much sense because I feel like I can work with individual people. I can host events. I can help with nonprofits. I can help strategic planning. I, I could go on and on with a list of things that I feel like I'm capable and qualified to do. So having a term like that just resonated so much with me where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm a generalist, like a lot of other folks where, you know, some people specialize and hone in and they're like, the experts in one subject, there are others of us who know a whole bunch about a, a, a little bit about a whole bunch of different things. Um, so just hearing that made me feel better. And I think, you know, with students and with moms, with people, you know, at these transition points or points are just like, what is happening? It's nice to know that you're not alone and that this is normal.
No, I, I, I think you're completely right in that way, that people would sort of say, oh, you're not a focus, you, you know, you ought to have a niche, you ought to do this. But if, if you do do that, and that's great for a lot of people, you can't help everyone else who's on, on the circumference of all of this. And you look at them and you think, I really want to help you. But, and, and, and then the other half says, oh, but my niche is here. And I thought, yeah. I'm with you on that one. But if there's an opportunity pops up and, and you think in your gut that you can make a difference and help somebody, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that comes from learning about ourselves, which yeah. to me, the success principles was huge of like, learn more about you and who you are and what you want. And maybe not what you've been programmed to believe or just conditioned to believe. And then we recognize our superpowers and our talents and go, okay, well, this is something in my wheelhouse and I recognize I can help moms or "Mm, no, I don't think that I want to go this way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the more we can learn about ourselves, the better we can be of service to everybody Mm -hmm. or anybody. Absolutely. So so how did you come to find out about Jack's training and why did you decide to get involved with it? Hmm. It was a really interesting period of my life last summer. Um, I left a position I'd been at for almost seven years. Well, I'd been with the company and I had moved up within the company. And it just, I think with the pandemic and we had um, some sick family members, we just had a lot of things happening. And I felt really stressed and really overwhelmed. And a good friend of mine mentioned that she had just gotten her certification. And she was like, Shannon, like, this is this is you, like, this is what you do on a regular basis. You should really look into it. Watch a couple of these free videos. And so I started watching the free videos and I'm like, oh my goodness, I couldn't, I couldn't write fast enough with my notebook because it just resonated with me so much. Um, And, and this particular friend had done several other trainings and gotten several other certifications, but after they were done, it just didn't feel like the one, like she kept looking and kept getting more, but she said, this one is just so perfect. You can customize it however you want. And just the lessons are so real and so deep and so powerful and transformational. Um, So I ended up signing up and uh, went through the online coursework and I hope to attend some in-person sessions someday because I'm so much a kinesthetic learner Um, and just that networking opportunity I really look forward to. Um, But I got my certification was approved in February. So um, throughout the training, I was incorporating it with some family and friends who were willing to work with me and, and now I've incorporated it into my business. Oh, congratulations. It's such a joy, isn't it, to get that certificate? And it felt so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a magic moment when, when, when you can get to an in-person event as well and to be surrounded by hundreds of like-minded people in the same space. The energy is just amazing. I absolutely mm. love it. But I'm glad you enjoyed the process. It's, it's a really important course to go through. <laughs> Um, And like you say, there are coaching courses and there are coaching courses, but there's nothing like a Jack Canfield course, is there? (laughs) It's, It's been amazing. And just, you know, so many of the lessons really resonated with me and like kind of rocked rocked me to my core a few times where, you know, you have to just like stop and like meditate on it, think on it and write about it. Yeah. 
I, when you talk about being in the room with everybody, I'm, I'm so excited for that because I feel like meeting folks who really are interested in this and who have bought into it, I would love to surround myself with more people in that real, um, realm um, because I've been in nonprofits, I've been in academia, and I grew up in a small town. So I feel like, you know, the people I know are wonderful and great. Um, but I feel like the people that I've been able to interact with through the success principles are these big dreamers. Um, and I just, I love that. And I've always, you know, had my head in the clouds a little bit. And so meeting other folks who, who are, you know, dreaming big, I'm, I'm really excited to make some more connections. Yeah, it's nice to just climb up into the cloud and be with everybody else who's, mm -hmm. who's in the same space. It's amazing. Right. And to have folks who resonate with that. I know, um, uh, I, you know, have friends who lovingly like will tease me sometimes of just like, oh my goodness, you're so ambitious. Like you're always dreaming big and next steps and doing things like, don't you ever slow down? And, and when I do, I get bored and I'm yeah. like, no, I need to keep going and keep going up. So, um, yeah. oh yeah. So I've been working to build my professional network and, and just, you know, finding things that I really enjoy and finding ways that I can take the skills and lessons that I've learned and, and share those with people, whether it's in person or virtually. Well, we're only on this world once, aren't we? So we might as well make the best of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think one of the, the lessons through Jack Canfield also was, um, you know, coming up with that list of like 100 accomplishments that you've done. That was a really powerful exercise for me as someone who is so future focused um, a lot of times. And when I did the strength finders test, like all three of my top areas were like in the future. So being able to like be in the present and also think about the past, I, I was really excited and honored to look at all of the things that I've accomplished in my career so far. And and then to think of like all these other things I wanna do. And it's like, okay, well, if I managed to do all these things, I could definitely do these. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for sharing all, all of that, and especially principle seven about unleashing the power of goal setting. That's amazing. Uh, and I hope people uh, listening will go on to set their own big goals as well. Um, what I'd like to do now, Shannon, is for you to um, tell us a bit more about the book and perhaps show us and tell us where we can actually get hold of a copy. Oh, sure. Thank you. Um, so the book, I kept the cover simple on purpose. It's a busy woman's breakthrough and it's available on Amazon. It's in English and in Spanish. And um, you'll see throughout the book, it's colorful. And, and what I did is I, I created guiding questions um, where you can, you know, action steps, you brainstorm your goals. Uh, let's see, sorry, this is kind of clunky. No, I think about the the barriers that you're going to face, um, you know, creating your routine and making that commitment to yourself. So I've really embodied a lot of the pieces from the success principles in here. And then like I showed you the yeah. reflections and intention page. And then I even put some quotes in here and a little spot for you to draw, you know, something related to the quote. Um, and so I was very intentional about the way that I designed the questions and then left space for you to write in the book because um, this, I, I write in books. Like you can see in my success principles when I read through, like I'm constantly making notes in the margins. And so 
for me, instead of telling people what they need to do, I felt like it was much better to ask and then give that space for you to reflect and go ahead and write your answers and figure out your goals and your steps. So yeah. the book's available on Amazon. Um, if you if you type in, um, hold it up here again, yeah. a busy woman's breakthrough, it should come right up. Or if you put in my name, yeah. Shannon Maitland, um, then it should come up either way. Um, Amazing. And and I on my website as well, problemsolvingplus.com. I have a link to the book, and then I also offer a four-week workshop. Um, small groups where we can go through and have those accountability partners talk about our goals and just kind of keep keep on pace. Amazing. And how come you decided to um, publish in Spanish as well? Um, so the same friend who had introduced me to the success principles, uh, Spanish is her first language. Uh -huh. And she was like, oh my goodness, I want to be able to use your book with my coaching clients and share it with them. Um, so she was the one who translated it for me. Um, and, and in my previous work, we, I, we had a lot of clients and families that we worked with and Spanish was their first language. And so I recognize how important it is to give people access to tools and to be able to, you know, give it to them in a way that works for them. So I thought having, you know, both languages really opened up the amount of people that I could help and, and the market um, to reach people. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me today, Shannon. Uh, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for